Welcome back, hockey fans, to another edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. I will be your guest host tonight, Bill Berg. Uh, with me is our regular panelist, Del Scanlon, and guest tonight, Brian Branch Jr., head coach of the Wausau West Warriors and president of the Wisconsin Hockey Coaches Association. Missing tonight are Bill Berg Jr., who is taking a USA Hockey Coaching Clinic, and MJ Hammett, who is at the Janesville City Council meeting to speak up uh, on behalf of the new rink project they have under consideration in Janesville. So good excuses for both of them. Um, we have our, our, our regular topics of discussion today, our first edition of the top sixes, our games of the week, our players of the week. But before that, um, as we promised you two weeks ago, we would try and talk with everybody involved uh, with the decision um, regarding the state tournament. Uh, and I, well, speak, I, I think I speak for a lot of people just when saying that any decision that didn't start out with, we have a 10-year agreement uh, with the Resch Center is going to be a disappointment to most people. So that that didn't happen. So uh, we, we, we now know that a two-year agreement with the Capital Ice Center in Middleton. And how did that come about there, Brian? Well, it actually was quite a process. I think uh, LaVar Ridgeway with the WIA was very open with this process, knowing that the feedback from the Coaches Association was we wanted to get out of the alliance. And I think – um, for a lot of reasons, I, I think from an attendance perspective, I think from um, just it's a hockey arena only for a few days a year. And there are things that as a coach and as a player that, that a facility that has ice in year round, you don't run into some of the issues that you had when you were down there. Um, so so we opened we opened it up to pretty much anyone in our state that that could potentially want to host um the state tournament and for boys and girls we didn't want to go away from the boys side girls side we wanted to keep everything together uh to ensure that, that we could have a great venue for both the boys and the girls uh, as kind of a capstone to their season um obviously i think everybody wanted the rush everyone wanted to, to be able to go to the rush um we wanted to go to the rush i just think from a, from a scheduling perspective we couldn't make it work. They obviously have a lot of tenants there and, and, and events that go on there that are scheduled out um, for us to get, you know, basically three days, three and a half days of, of pretty much exclusivity there uh, became a challenge. Uh, the next the next venue that everybody thought about was Laban. OK, so dealing with UW, uh, they were they were very open with us with with how the challenges of it. I mean, the, the, there it's a locker room issue. I think there are some some locker room issues where you just you don't have enough usable space, usable locker rooms. I think the venue itself would have been fantastic, creating an awesome environment. And then uh, we looked at uh, Panther Arena as well in in uh, in Milwaukee. So those kind of became the three targets. And then 
Panther Arena was was really willing to work with us with some stuff, but they they ultimately have some scheduling issues. They have they have the admirals there. They've got a whole bunch of other tenants that are there that they were willing to work around. We just couldn't make it work in this short term, knowing we wanted to get out of this. So I think with Lavar being being so open, we explored every WIAC arena that we had. Um, you know, from UWSP to Eau Claire to Superior to um, River Falls. I just, there's, there's so many cool arenas here that, that could potentially host it. And, and ultimately one of the things that coaches wanted is we wanted to try to stay in Madison if we could, because I think that's a destination spot for both the boys and the girls that, that history of going to Madison for the state tournament. I think there's still some good value in that. And, and we settled on, uh, on cap ice in Middleton. It's a, you know, it's a USHL arena, there's been a lot of upgrades to that place that uh, if you haven't been able to go see them, go check out a Capitals game there. Uh, the, there's a really nice atmosphere. And I think as a coaches association group, we, we value the experience for the student athlete. Sectional finals, there's no experience like the sectional final because you've got tons of people, both sets of fans, sometimes a band on each side. And I think cap ice will allow us to, to recreate that sectional final feel only now at the state tournament where we get to crown our champion for boys and girls. So one of the questions that I have is, and Junior kind of brought this up two weeks ago, are they going to look at still doing them in sections or are they looking at breaking it down to individual games with the, uh, you know, capacity of, of the arena? Yeah, so capacity right now is between 25 and 2,600. And I think with that, depending on the, the teams that make it, obviously that becomes a really full arena. So my understanding is they're going to do single game sessions. Um, you know, we've got to have some conversations maybe with the WA and on some ticket packaging. That'd be kind of fun to talk about some of those. So you get season ticket packages, that type of stuff. Uh, but those are all things that, that, that are still, you know, we still got to talk about a little bit because we still want to make sure that, A, obviously both schools or the schools that are involved get enough tickets. They get their band there. They get as many people there as they want. B, um, hockey dignitaries of the state get an opportunity to, to go there and, and, and celebrate the state high school tournament. And then just general fans, you know, I think the, those kind of in that order a little bit of how we want to make sure that, that everybody still gets access to that. But at the same time, I think it creates, it, it makes it a ticket now, you know, you want to, we want to create it, something that, that, that people want to go to, they want to attend and it's a full arena for the kids. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with you. The the atmosphere. I yeah, we we go to we go to as many sectional final games as we can. Um, I was at three of them last year. Uh, Dell's probably does you know two or three every year. And yes, they are they are very raucous events. And if you can recreate that atmosphere down there, that that'll be a whole lot better than that that cavernous coliseum. Um, and like I said, the only the only issue we really thought you know what was was serious was the the capacity but like we we said you know if if they did it by individual games cuz i mean some of those uh, you mean know, a, a two game session i mean like last year rice lake was there and i think everybody from rice lake was there <laughs> um, so you know yeah, but if you're doing individual games, then yeah, I mean, the, the, there there still might be some games. I mean, you you don't you don't 
want to see it, but there might be some games where people don't you know, get turned away at the door. Yeah. And I think, I, I think we, we know there's going to be some issues going into it. I think that's where I can appreciate the WA signing, signing a two-year contract as opposed to the historic 20 to 30 year deal they used to have with the Alliant all the time, you know, and, and, and I can appreciate their willingness to work with us to, to create the best environment for student athletes. I mean, I think in the, in the past, I don't know that that's always been the case, but I can, I can appreciate their wanting to work with, with the coaches association, the people that live it, um, that are with the student athletes. I really just think that's, that's, I, I can appreciate what they've been able to do to, to allow us this opportunity to, whether you want to call it a two-year experiment or, or, you know, trying to just try out different venues to create a great environment. Uh, not, not, not to immediately say we're going to, you know, run away from this after, after two years, but does this two year window give you additional time to work out something perhaps with the Panther arena? Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's why it's a, it's a good number. On, on the contract, A, to see how things go with cap ice and to make sure it's everything we want it to be for the fans, the schools, the student athletes, and then and then obviously some time to explore if there's other opportunities out there. Because I think I think we've known for a really long time that that we've wanted to to change venues and we've struggled struggled with the how part of it. And now that it's happened, um, it's been interesting to see the response a little bit, some some apprehensive, some not some excited about it. I mean, it, it's been a wide array of responses so far. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how year one goes, and then whatever changes we can make in year one for the things that that we know may come up here, um, and then to make those changes for year two, knowing that I mean, Cap Ice being a USHL facility, they've they've got some standards that they had to meet to be a USHL facility. So I think w- with that part of it, I think we we can really put on a good show. Yeah, hopefully the uh, you know the ice problems and the scoreboard issues are the thing of the past. Um, what else? Oh, um, oh, crap! We are, one thing I haven't I haven't been down there since the renovations. Um, I went down there. You know, Team Wisconsin played there some, and uh, my granddaughter played with the uh, with uh, the Capitals. We there then, um, but. Well, you guys always had one, and we had one too at the at the Coliseum. Was a, a booth or a suite? Do they have anything like that down there? They do. They've got a, a suite level. It's kind of um, on their second level there. They've got a, a bunch of I don't say a bunch, maybe a handful, ten to ten to twelve suite areas that that can accommodate uh, you know media, um, you guys, coaches association. I think there there there'll be some really good spots up there. Uh, for people to to get a good view of the game from up top and then still still kind of be in that comfort that we've that we've been used to from those 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 type of places within uh, within the, the Coliseum. Okay, because I mean, well, we always we, we we set up all of our gear there. We do interviews with with coaches and players and stuff. You know, yeah, we yeah we can't hopefully would not do that just from the stands. Um, no, I think I mean I think obviously it's going to be a little cozier than we've than we've been at the at at the Alliant, but I think there's, there's some really nice elements there that are going to, going to add to, you know, that coziness, I think is going to create a really great environment. The coziness is going to be fans will be right on top of the game um, as opposed to 10 rows, 12 rows, 15 rows back that they've been at the Coliseum. So I think, 
I think it's just going to be a really good environment. And I think, you know, obviously it'll be maybe some growing pains here one, but I think, you know, for the most part, this, this should be a seamless transition and really provide some, some great things for everybody. Okay. Uh, any other questions, Dell? Um, I'm really, you know, glad that Brian came on, you know, gave us a little more input on the state tournament, but I, I I want to ask your opinion on something else, Brian. We're going into our fourth year now with the two division levels. Uh, from a coach's standpoint, I, I personally, I think it's worked fairly well in everything, being able to get two boys state champions. How, how's the coaches feel about the way things have been going with the two divisions on boys? Um, I've We've had lots of positives from it. I think uh, it's done a lot for a game. We're up a little bit in teams this year. So I think from a growth perspective, some co-ops have split uh, maybe into two teams. So, you know, I think uh, there's, there's some teams that have split that have now made two division two teams, uh, which has been really nice to see from a growth perspective. Um, I think, you know, if there's a place where we can grow our game a little bit further now, I think that's where the growth comes is, we love the the two division model as a as a coaches association, and now it's a matter of can we create an eight and a four state tournament? How do we get that? What does that look like? So so we solved in our minds we we've kind of solved the venue issue, and now you know just like any organization, you've got a next uh, next topic you want to dive into, and I think some of those things might come to the forefront here as we look at you know. Does the venue dictate that? Does uh, but from from the two division perspective, I think it's been great for our game. I think um, you've seen some different teams down there, different communities down there uh, that get to experience Madison uh, for for some for the first time, and and for some maybe it's just say I've been there in a long time to to give them that opportunity to get there. Yeah, we talked. Uh, Bill Bill and I covered a lot of the the division two. Uh, games and teams and we talked to coaches from outside and they I mean the division two coaches obviously just love it um having the you know getting getting to go to a state tournament because I mean it, it gives their season meaning because like well we talked to like uh Somerset and Amory and teams from over there well you know they always had you know Hudson or Eau Claire Memorial you know no, you guys aren't going to a state tournament. You know, we got Hudson and Oakland Memorial over here. And if somebody's going to knock them off, it's, you know, it's going to be Chippewa Falls or Oakland North. It's, you know, not going to be Somerset. Um, and yes, I mean, though, and those teams, uh, those schools have actually, uh, you know, taken the, the model that, that a lot of the division, division one teams that, you know, playing teams from around the state, you know, they're playing more division two teams from around the state mm -hmm. to seeing, you know, how different, different teams look and different kind of different style of hockey that they play in. Yeah. The, the, the division two teams are really altering their schedules to, to play more uh, a division two regular season. Well, I think that's, that's, that's kind of where we're at with it. We're finally like year one, year two, your schedules are kind of set from the previous couple of years. And now that, that we all understand you know, there's there's a little fluctuation between the D1 and D2 teams, but not much um, so that you can establish your schedule. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing as a coach going into a seating meeting, because the seating meeting, while we are still um, doing the seating ourselves as coaches. And that's one of the things we express with the WIA is we would like to continue that because we as coaches feel like we get it right. Um 
to, to have those games with your sectional opponents, you know, to make sure the D2 schools are playing the D2 schools. So they've got some head to head going into that. Obviously you can sprinkle in D1, D2 mix throughout the year for all programs. Um, but I think that that perspective has now that we're in year four with it, I think it's really helped helped set that in and, and figure out, you know, the the details of how you build your schedule to make sure you're going into a seating meeting with with enough evidence to to validate wherever you should be seated. Yeah, we you mentioned the the, the co-ops uh, splitting. Um, we welcome Spooner back this mm-hmm. year. Um, Spooner had a team way back. Um, Dan, I mean, Dan Bauer was their coach even, uh, when, when my, when my younger son, you know, was a player, uh, we even played over in Spooner, um, but they were part of the Northwest Iceman co-op, uh, for a number of years. And now they are back as their own team, um, which, uh, moved Marshfield up from division two to division one. Um, so they, 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 stay in your, uh, Wisconsin Valley conference in terms of, um, you know, playoffs now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good. It, I think that's the first, well, no, we, we, we got a couple, we, we got, um, a couple back, was it two years ago? The, the Shano, Shano, Shano co-op came back. Uh, Pacelli came back. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think I think it is good. I mean, I think I think you'll see one. There may be one or two other co-ops that break up a little bit here as they release some bigger schools from their co-op that maybe keep them Division One that can drop them to Division Two. Um, I think you'll see some of that coming too. I think I think there's there's some jockeying there, and I think those are those are allow us for more teams, you know. And I think that that right there allowing us for more teams uh, helps the argument to go to an eight and a four. I think uh, that 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 right there helps us get get to our goal of an eight and a four uh, state tournament on the boys side. And and if we can facilitate that in the two divisions as the driver for it, I mean, I think I think it's doing its job. Thank you. Um, one other thing. Do you think this season changes every year? One year will be like the prolific scorers are are. are going to lead the charge and one year is going to be the dominating goalies what are you seeing on the boys side this year uh well that's a good question Dal, because i've uh we've seen it both both ways so far through our uh our game schedule right now i think um i i would have to say right now scoring is the is is dominating i think right now the the way the game is played, the way the offenses are taught, the way puck possession has become and changed so much, I think you're you're seeing more goals scored. I mean, just within our program, we've had more we've scored more goals, but we've also given up more goals um, than than we have in, in years past, just because of the way the game's played and the high octane end to end kind of track meet like uh, uh, gas pedal that guys want to want to go on. So I think. Right now, if, if 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 last year was a goalie year, um, I think this year maybe flipped the other way. Okay. Well, we did our first. Uh, well, I I guess we'll we'll let you go before we talk about our our, our top sixes because um, you you guys didn't make it. Hey, you know what? I can live with that. <laughs> I can, I can tell you who D1 number one should be. So they're, 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 
if I if I wasn't committed to something else on Saturday, I would be over in uh, Green Bay Saturday night to watch Hudson and Notre Dame play. That's going to be an outstanding um, matchup. Yeah. Okay. Um, any other questions, Dell? Oh, thanks, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome, guys. Thanks for having us, and and seriously, thanks for what you guys do for us. I, I think um having your site and the content and the ability to keep track of stats and live scoring and some of the things that we've dipped into a little bit different for us this year um we don't get to say thank you enough so i do appreciate everything you guys do for high school hockey one well, last we have, we have fun for you. doing it <laughs> brian one one quick question for you for you uh i noticed some of the teams uh on one of the girls teams their player of the game gets a to wear the cowboy hat until their next game. Uh, RWD has started a thing where they have a chain with a puck on it for their players of the game. Does Wausau West have something like that going on? We do. We uh, we've traditionally done the hard hat. We love uh, we love the hard hat. It's uh, awarded to um, the player of the game, and and it's interesting because the guy who has the hard hat gets to pick the next one. Um, and their reasoning behind it all the time is different. So as a coach, it's fun to watch uh, how players evaluate their teammates and what they value during the game, because it's, you know, most people, if the guy's got a hat trick, he's automatically getting a hard hat. But I think uh, guys respect each other and how they play the game and how they value different roles throughout a game. So it's been fun to watch our guys uh, use, use their uh, evaluations to pick the next one. We, we, we use a hard hat. Okay, we, we were Bill Bill and I were at your game. Well, you you we talked to you there. Uh who 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 got the hard hat from your game on on Saturday? Uh Saturday. Now you're quizzing me. Um, I know I'm pretty sure Thursday night was Chase Crass. So he got no, I think it was Chase Chase Crass was the Saturday night one. So he got the was that the third goal? The third he got goal, the third goal. Yeah, yeah, I think he ended up getting it, uh, getting it that night. Um, so it's just interesting watching the guys that, you know, respect their teammates for what they do on the ice. And, and what, what I can appreciate is sometimes they're respecting guys that the average fan, they're going to, they may not notice their play and, and, but, but their teammates respect it and understand what they do for the team. So I think it's been, it's been fun, fun for us to, to watch how that goes. Kind of the one that we refer to as the unsung hero. Yeah, yeah, I think our guys value, value that. Yep. Thanks. Yeah, you're right. welcome. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. All right, back to our regularly scheduled business. Um, we had uh, games. We had games of the week last week. Uh, Dell went to one. Uh, Bill and I went to the other one. And Dell, you want to go first with yours? Sure. I made my four-hour, 40-minute trip up to Superior and was to the Westman Arena for the first time in my life. And I got to see the St. Croix Valley Fusion take on the Superior Spartans in our game of the week. And to be honest, I was getting a little nervous in the first period as the Fusion jumped out to a 3 to nothing lead and with two of those goals being on power play opportunities, the only two they got in the first period and superior with two and a half minutes remaining in the period cut into the lead, made it three to one. And that's how the first period came to an end. And then the second period belonged to 
Superior as they scored two even strength goals to tie it up. And then in the third period, they had a power play and a shorthanded goal. They end up winning the game five to three. Uh, the shots on goal were fairly even. Uh, St. Croix had 32 shots to 34 shots for Superior. And all in all, it was just a fun game to watch. The players going up and down the ice. Uh, and you could feel the momentum change throughout the game. But, you know, great game to watch and a lot of fun uh, for my first trip to Superior in 10 years. And with that, I'll let you go on with the boys game. Okie doke. Um, we were at the championship game of the Marathon Cup. Uh, the Marathon Cup is played every year. Uh, it has the, the four teams that are the four schools that are in that ho hockey programs in Marathon County. Um, coincidentally, like the, 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 the four schools that make up the, the central, it'd be like the central Wisconsin storm having an inner squad scrimmage, <laughs> but it's, uh, on, on Thursday night, Wausau West beat the East Merrill co-op six to one and DC Everest beat Mos no DC Everest Mosini beat DC Everest five to one. And that set up the, uh, the, the championship game between Mosini and Wausau West. In the, the the preliminary game, uh, Everest beat East Merrill uh, two to nothing, and then that got us all set for the for the championship game. And Mozanique came out on fire. They they really controlled play during the the early part of that period. Um, they did not score during that early part of the period. Um, Wausau West actually scored first about halfway through the first period. Mozanique did tie it up a couple minutes later. Um, but then Wausau West got a power play goal at the end of the, the first period, evenly balanced first period, um, two to one Wausau West had the lead, but West really poured on the pressure in the second period. They put 21 shots on goal in the second period, ended up scoring the only two goals uh, in that period. Uh, Chase Grass, who, Krass, who, who uh, Coach Brandt just mentioned, uh, did score. And then they got a they got one of those killer goals uh, with you know in the last minute of the period. Uh, you, you hate giving up a goal in the first or the last minute of a period. Just he, he, coaches already starting to think what he's going to say in the locker room and stuff. Then you give up a goal in you know, the last minute. Just it just changes everything. Um, but it's good, fast paced game, hard hitting game, uh, very physical. A lot of contact out there, but only two penalties by each team. Uh, one power play goal. Um, but, uh, it was, yeah, it, it was a fun game. Um, Mosini, yeah, the, the shots ended up being 41 by West and 35 by Mosini. So they put the pressure on, they just, uh, couldn't score again after that, that first one that they got. So Mosin or Wausau West hangs on to the marathon cup for another season. Uh, that'll take us to our. Players of the game. Del, do you want to do that or should I do that? I'll let you do that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's a lot of nominees this week, which is great to see. 
Yes, it was. Um, I got it here somewhere. Okay. Uh, on the boys' side, our boys' player of the week, uh, our Radisson Madison player of the week, is Conrad Moline from Verona. Um, he had four goals and an assist on Thursday uh, for five points out of the team's in a, in a seven to four win over Madison Memorial. And then in a six to one win over Sun Prairie, he had a goal and two assists. Um, and he was actually, he was nominated by the Hudson coach. Um, well, yeah, Bill, Bill did something different this year. And the, the, the form that the coaches have for submitting their, their, their top sixes also includes a spot to nominate a, a player of the week. So we got a lot of player of the week nominations uh, this week, um, like a whole month's worth just for this week. And a lot of them came from coaches nominating somebody on another team, um, as it was with, with Conrad Moline um, of Verona. And as it was for our girls, Radisson Madison player of the game, it's Riley Springer of Hayward. Um, and she was nominated by two of the other schools, two of the other coaches that were in the the tournament that they played in uh, last weekend. Um, Riley Springer had, uh, let's see, she had a goal and two assists in a 6 nothing win over the Eau Claire Area Stars. She did not score uh, against USM in that tournament, but she had three goals and an assist uh, involved in all four of the the of the goals that that Hayward scored in their four to one win over the Central Wisconsin Storm at the UW at the University School Tournament, so um, Riley Springer from Hayward is our girls Radisson Madison player of the game, player of the week, week, yeah, and. The, the, the moment that everybody's been waiting for is the top six. Uh, we we sent out the ballots. We got them back. Uh, we ran them through our, 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 our vote counting machine. And do you want to take the honors there, Dell? Sure. Well, let's start right off with Division One, And... At number six is Bayport. At number five is Superior. At number four is Eau Claire Memorial. At number three, the Hudson Raiders. At number two, Chippewa Falls. And number one is Notre Dame. Also receiving votes this week was were Ashwabanon, Madison Edgewood, Middleton, Nina Horton Menasha, Spash, USM, and Verona. Yeah, and if 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 you look at those six teams, you've got uh, three from the Big Rivers Conference and two from the uh, Fox Valley what? Conference, um, and then Superior. Superior making their, I mean making their way into a top six for the first time in a while. Uh, Notre Dame was almost unanimous 
Uh, there was, I was told there was one fool who did not vote for Notre Dame um, at number one, and he knows who he is and he feels shame. Um, but uh, yeah, lots, lots of schools. There were, yeah, only one other team got a first place vote. Um, but yeah, it's early in the season. A lot of shaking up to do yet. So how about Division Two? Division Two at number six is Oregon. At number five, Lakeland. At number four is Rhinelander. And Amory's at number three. Uh, number two is St. Mary Spring. And at number one is New Richmond. Also receiving votes were Baldwin Woodville, Monona Grove, Mosinee, Regis Altoona McDonald Central, River Falls, and Somerset. So you got, what, two of those are out of the Great Northern Conference, Rhinelander and Lakeland? Yes. Uh, St. Mary Springs is Badgerland, correct? Yes. New Richmond would be over. New, Rich Big New, Richmond, is, New Richmond is Big Rivers, along with uh, Chippewa, Chippewa Falls, Chippewa. Hudson, and Eau Claire Memorial. And Oregon is actually, I believe it's Badger West. Oh, no, I, I, no I'm sorry. I think New Richmond is not in there. That, I'm thinking of River Falls. Um, New Richmond is like middle, uh, middle border or something like that. Um, yeah, not, not that. Um, and, yeah, in the in the division two, uh, five there was there wasn't a clear cut as clear cut a number one as division one. There were five teams that got first place votes in division two. Uh, I need you to jog my memory, burglar. Who won division two at state last year? That would be Rice Lake. Rice Lake beat uh, St. Mary Springs. Okay. Rice Lake had the that was the, the, the famous uh, fake Michigan play behind the net. Yeah. Okay, uh, on the girls, and if I remember correctly, we actually had approximately 50% of the girls' coaches turn in top sixes th this week. Um, but starting out at number six, the host of our game of the week this last Saturday, the Superior Spartans. At number five, Fox City Stars. Number four, the Central Wisconsin Storm. Number three, University School Milwaukee Wildcats. Number two, the Hayward Hurricanes. And at number one, the Bay Area Ice Bears. Also receiving votes were... Arrowhead Warhawk, Cooley Region Cyclones, the Hudson Raiders, the Madison Metro Lynx, St. Croix Valley Fusion, and the Warbirds. And if I'd have known that's how the voting was going to go with Superior making the list in both the boys and the girls, I'd have had my Superior hockey uh, sweatshirt on, on tonight for the podcast. Well, you're listening to it tomorrow during the day. Pretend I have it on. Um, get the old "We Are Superior" chant going again. Your name actually came up when I was doing the uh, girls' game of the week. Uh, the owner of iFan up there at Superior, 
brought your name up and said, you know, you listen to iFans quite a bit every now and then. And his uh, commentator that was helping him do the game actually said, you coached him. Oh, no, he, Neil Matson, who's the RWD head coach, was his uh, football coach when he was growing up. Okay. Uh, what else we got going on here? We got, uh, we've got games of the week, uh, coming up. Uh, where are you going? Huh? Where are you going for it? I'm not. the boys. I'm not. Uh, Bill's going to do it. Um, he's going back home, uh, to, to Antigo. Uh, Antigo is hosting Spooner. We, we had mentioned that, you know, with Spooner being back in the fold, we'd have to have them as a game of the week. And it's not as long a drive as you made up to Superior, but it's kind of a long drive to get to Spooner, you know, like during the week or something, you know, just to, yeah. to a there and back thing. So when we saw on their schedule, they were playing in Antigo. Um, we thought that would be a, a good one to do, but I'm not, Bill's going to do that. He'll cover that by himself, or maybe he'll bring Brett along to take pictures, but uh, he'll be there. Um Welcoming Spooner back to, you know, Wisconsin high school hockey. For the girls' side, I'm actually going to make about only an hour-long trip this time and head on down to Madison Ice Arena to catch the Badger Lightning against the Metro Link in a Badger conference game. Okay. Conference games are always fun. Uh, and they're both started off fairly well in the season. Uh, the Lightning actually are sitting at four and one right now. Uh, Links are sit three and two, and both are uh, undefeated in conference play. So, should be an interesting game. Should be a good game. Well, I don't know if there's much more for us to talk about. We we covered all the we got all our questions answered from 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 Coach Brand. Um, it's, it, it is, it is good to know that they'll be selling the, the tickets individually for the games, not, um, yeah, not trying to divide, uh, well, he said 2,600 and maybe that is try not trying to divide that between four teams. Um, that's good because we do know that there are, I mean, it's not just the teams, um, we know from being there every year, that there are, uh, hockey fans who go to the state tournament every year, whether, you know, they have yeah. a team involved or not. I mean, it's not just us. There are other people. Yeah. I mean, when, when we walk around, I see, you see the same people there every year. I mean, there, there was always a, a, a good contingent of, of fans from Antigua that I knew that were always there. Um, you know, so it'll, it'll, it'll be, yeah, the, you want more of that. I mean, we, we, we thought about, you know, trying to, to, to build our, our state tournament club, you know, people go to the state tournament every year. Um, never quite got around to that, but it, it, it's still a good idea. And people should go to the state tournament because it it's fun. Yep. It is fun. And next week, on our podcast, we'll have the head coach from the Rock County Fury coming on, and he's going to actually talk about their awareness game they have going on next week. 
That's right. Because we like to promote those. Um, so if if your team is, we'll mention again, if your team is, has some sort of uh, cancer awareness, uh, any other kind of awareness game, you're doing something special um, at your game, let us know. Uh, we'll promote it. We'll try to cover it. We'll do what we can. Um, and also, we we started getting a lot of uh, the the holiday tournament uh, brackets. Uh, we're starting to collect those, so we can we'll get our holiday tournament uh, page set up pretty soon. But we still need more. Um, if your team is involved in a holiday tournament and you have a uh, if there's a bracket or a, a brochure or a, just a spreadsheet with the bracket on it with the, the the locations and the teams and the times and the days, uh, send us that. We'll get our, we, we set up a holiday tournament page every year. So one place you can go and click and, you know, see who's doing what, where, and, you know, uh, all that good stuff. Well, Bill, thanks for driving the bus tonight. Yeah, MJ kind of let us know at the last minute that he wasn't going to be here, and that's okay. I think we got by. But anyway. I think you, I think you did a fantastic job driving. <laughs> Thank you. Um, anyway, uh, until next week, uh, keep your stick on the ice, as they say, and we'll be back next week, hopefully with the full crew for this week in Wisconsin prep hockey. <laughs>